Leafs podcast. Subscribe so you don't miss an episode on Spotify, SoundCloud, or Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Here's Nick D'Souza and Kevin Papetti. Absolutely big win for Team White today. Uh, almost feels like life is getting back to normal. Kevin, do you feel the same? A huge leaf scrimmage today. Uh, it was just fun to watch hockey again. Is that how you felt? I felt like it was great to see a Leafs win. I think we had good chances going into the night, but we pulled off the win, 7-3, I believe, and I'm ready for Montreal. I think, you know, when you see those uh, money puck probability, like win probabilities, I wish they had like a, a ticker on the side showing the win probability for the Leafs today. I know. There's going to be a lot to, like, I know it was a scrimmage. It was at least, like, at least there was refs, there was crowd noise, there was announcers. So, you know, I'll take it at this point, I think. Uh, I know we want to talk about the forward lines today. I know, you know, we don't want to wait too much about the scrimmage, more just, you know, what we think of them in general. Uh, part, partly because some of the intensity, you know, you don't really know who's going 100%, who's not. But was there anyone specifically tonight, Nick, that really stood out to you? Yeah, I thought, like you said, I thought it was kind of odd to gauge, especially at the beginning. Like, I thought the intensity was really high, but it was just really sloppy. And then as the game went on, I felt like, the intensity kind of dropped, but we saw some more kind of highlight plays. But um, obviously the big four looked amazing tonight. Uh, I thought Matthews was great. I felt like every single shift he was generating takeaways and making good defensive plays. Uh, Marner was, I mean, he was amazing tonight. I think he had like four breakaways, which was just unheard of for him. I thought Nylander was great. And then Tavares obviously had the goal. Um, on a little bit of a, a less popular Note, I thought the Chartier, Patan, and Boyd line was <laughs> amazing tonight. <laughs> they, uh, they're going to be fun to watch the Marlies, so that, that was, that's my, kind of my underdogs. Of, of uh, I don't think we'll be talking too much about them today. I don't think they'll be cracking the lineup, but they're my underdogs of how well they played tonight. I thought they were great. Uh, does, does Boyd, uh, Chartier, and uh, Patan make your three stars tonight, Kevin? <laughs> I th- I think the rest of the podcast is going to be on Patan Churchy and uh, who was it? Boyd. Yeah, let's not disrespect Boyd here. We'll go a straight hour <laughs> on them and then we'll get to the rest of the team maybe at another podcast. But I think the focus tonight is going to be on that line. Uh, yeah, I think, I guess the first takeaway for me would be that the Marlies, if and when they play, are going to be pretty damn good. I think we kind of knew that going in. It's kind of like Mac Hollow on the first and that's one of your guys. Um, I-, I think he'll have a good year in the Marlies. Uh, you know, there's a lot of players that should be in the lineup or should be in an NHL lineup. I think that's a good problem to have. Whether you look at the fourth D pairing or, or you know the fifth line, if you'd call it. Obviously, no Kerfoot tonight, uh, but it's exciting. It's good to have hockey back. I know Nick. So we're gonna be trying to go through the forward lines here. Uh, I, I think about 95% of it's gonna be just your evaluations of the players uh, from last season and when you've seen them before, and then maybe like you know, a, a little bit of tonight, but just barely. I want to start with that Thornton-Matthews-Marner line. Uh, obviously, Marner had a pretty good game tonight. Matthews had a late goal, which was a bit of a tap-in, but, you know, we'll give it to him. What are your thoughts on, on that line? Not necessarily in the scrimmage, but just overall. So one of the first things that really jumped out to me when I saw that line and when I saw Sheldon Keefe talk about it was the way that he talked about Marner and Matthews and, and the way that they're checking and the way that they've been playing defensive hockey, especially in the last season. Now, usually when we saw Matthews and Marner together, it was with Zach Hyman, who was kind of the F1 on the forecheck. He was kind of the energy guy, the guy who used to retrieve pucks. Um, and with Thornton, like that's not going to be the case. Uh, I watched Thornton with Davos quite a bit uh, when he was playing in Europe, and Thornton was almost exclusively the F3 on the forecheck. So two guys would get in on the forecheck and Thornton's positioning and, and would kind of win that loose puck and then make a play from there. So I think like Matthews and Marner's role, just especially on the forecheck, is really going to change. Now tonight, I thought it was interesting. I thought Matthews and Marner were obviously the, the standouts on that line. But I thought it was cool because Thornton kind of brings a cycle element. Like he's so good along the boards. Um even winning pucks there just because he's so big and, and just knows how to use his body to, to protect the puck that I, like, I think that it helps Matthews and Marner in terms of just getting them the puck in the offensive zone. It's really going to increase how much they play there. So I think it's definitely going to be a look. Um, I don't see that line staying together if the Leafs are in the lead. 
Um, like I don't think this is just like a line they're gonna ride for a long time. Um, so I, I think they're still experimenting, and and that's kind of expected at this time of the year. But I think it's a fun line for sure. Uh, tonight, obviously, it looked very good. So you know, I'm glad that they're gonna start with it uh, on Monday. Oh, I'm sorry, on on Wednesday against Montreal. By the sounds of it. Yeah, I thought it was. I thought it's a fun line. That was my first impression when I saw it. It's just fun to try. Like it's it's Thornton's a guy who's had ninety plus assist seasons in the two thousands. I think he's the only guy to do that. And pairing him with Matthews just seems like a lot of fun. Now I don't know how long I'm gonna want it for. It's a bit weird. Like we're seeing Thornton on the first line in the first power play unit, and we're seeing John Tavares on the second line in the second power play unit. Like it's a bit it's a bit strange. I think I'd rather have Hyman there, to be honest. I'm willing to give it a chance. I'm not sure what was promised. I'm not sure if, if they said, okay, we're going to start you on this line if you sign with us. Um, and it seems like there might be a lot of that with guys like VZ on the second line, you know, Bear Banov, Letton, and are both in the lineup. I, I'm not sure what was promised, and, and we don't have a preseason, so it's going to be tough to make changes. But, you know, he's good on the cycle. He can obviously pass still. That's not going anywhere. Uh, I do think he is a bit on the slower end for sure. I don't know if I'll want him on that top line for long. We'll see. I mean, I'm willing to give it like a, a four or five game chance, but um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, a weekend of the season we're kind of wanting a change there. But it is a lot of fun. I thought uh, the, the goal celebration when, when Marnie scored that first one, they all kind of hugged it. I thought it was kind of fun to see. <laughs> and Thornton's just such a likable guy, if nothing else. So uh, I, I really liked it. The other line, Nick, the second line would be VZ, Tavares, Nylander. Uh, Tavares did open the scoring tonight. What were you, did you, that line stand out to you? And then what are your just thoughts on that line overall? I thought Nylander stood out uh, on that line today. I think VZ is is kind of like him being on that in that top six is kind of the most random portion of the lineup uh, that I've noticed thus far. Um, I think that also like I don't think that him in that top six is something that's going to stay for a long time like I think that is also an experimentation and and maybe he was promised a spot there especially to start the season uh, I'm not really sure but I see that winger position quite interchangeable even in game like if if the Leafs are winning um, you know putting Mikheyev or putting Hyman in there to get them extra shifts over Jimmy VZ. like we know that he hasn't really thrived defensively um, like in the past and so like, I don't think that the line is like a stable thing at all, but you know, giving them another goal scorer in Jimmy VZ could work. I thought tonight, like VZ was kind of, thought he was kind of on the quiet end, maybe just because Nylander was so good. But um, you know, I don't really have too many strong opinions right now about that second line. I think Tavares and Nylander are going to do what they do regardless of you know whoever they put on that other wing. But I guess VZ's that that in that spot right now, so. Uh, that's kind of the boring answer, but that's where I'm at right now with them. Yeah, I think, again, like Thornton, I don't know what was promised. I think, you know, VZ's in a spot where it's a bit weird because his dad works for the team. I don't know what was promised. I don't think that they're going to scratch him right away. I think they're going to give him, a, a you know, a bit of a leeway. He's a guy that scored 16, 17 goals before. Um, I do think, like, I didn't think VZ stood out at all tonight. I didn't really notice him. Um, I... I I don't know, like, I didn't really like the lines, to be honest, but it's tough to know who's given 100% and, and who's not. Um, that third line, which we'll get to next, Nick, it really has no offense right now. I think once Kerfoot's back, I, I, you know, we want to see a checking line. We want to see if that's the line that goes up against top competition. I know with the Marlies, they ran, uh, they did run a checking line. So they had that Gauthier, Engvall, and uh, Colin Greening line that matched up against top competition. And then they had, you know, two powerhouse lines with, you know, Mir Altonen, Andreas Janssen on one line. And then they had Chris Mueller, who's like an AHL all-star, playing with Ben Smith, another, he was the captain at the, time, at the time. That was on another line, they had a wicked fourth line. So, you know, if they go that approach, I'm kind of interested to see how a, a Kerfoot, Mikai of Hyman line would work. Uh, I'm not sure I'm married to the idea. I wouldn't mind having Hyman back in the top six. I think he's kind of proven he can thrive there. Um, but for now, I'm kind of I'm kind of curious. Uh, I just think with Engvall there, there's just not enough offense. He did score a really nice goal tonight. Uh, but I do think that, you know, if, if Kerfoot's out for an extended period of time, I'm not really married to that line. Is that is that where you're at? Yeah, when I, when I actually think about these lines in general, I feel like it's kind of revolved around that third line right now, which is, which is kind of nice to see because, you know, 
if anyone has, has listened to a bunch of our podcasts, especially last year, they would know that you and I spent a lot of time criticizing that third line last year. I didn't think they were very, um, I didn't think they were very effective, like at many times last year. And a lot of that does have to do with, you know, they just had a lot of injuries and, and just didn't really have much NHL depth to take the spot of those injured players. And so to see them this year right away come with a Kerfoot, Mikheyev, Hyman line, like it looks like that's going to be the matchup line, a line that they want to put up against other teams' top six. So I think that's nice to have just a third line with some sort of an identity because I really didn't think they had that last year. So that's that's the first thing I'll say about it. So I, I feel like Mikheyev and Hyman have kind of proven that they can be in the top six. Uh, obviously Hyman a lot more. So the fact that they're both on the third line, they need someone to fit into those uh, into the top six. So I guess Thornton and VZ are those players for now. But uh, yeah, I agree with what you're saying in terms of offense. I think kind of in the, the half-court offense, when they've already set up in the offensive zone, they're really going to have trouble, um, whether that center is Kerfoot or Engvall, to be honest. But I guess the effectiveness of this line is is really going to have to do a lot with their usage. Um, I can see Keith really giving this third line a bunch of defensive zone starts. And, you know, because they have so much speed, I, I do think that they can kind of generate a bunch of takeaways and probably generate offense on the counterattack. So it would kind of be a and, and if they get a lot of defensive zone starts, they'd be in a situation where they can do a lot of counterattacks and make some offense off the rush. So, But again, like you're saying, I don't really see much creativity on this line, So, uh, especially without Kerfoot. So kind of half-court offense, if you must, uh, will be a little difficult. But I'm just glad to see something different with that third line because it needs to be effective this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you there. I just think right now I see the lines and I think, you know, which one's dominating? I don't think that the Thornton-Matthews-Marner line's a dominant first line, like just by the look of it. Um, I want to see that, as you said, I want to see Kerfoot there before I judge the third line. And that second line's a bit random too. Like they don't really have one dominant line. I do agree with you that when Kerfoot, especially when Kerfoot was out of the lineup last year, that third line was weak. So I think, I guess we can both say that, you know, we're not married to the top nine. Is that fair? Definitely. And, and I don't think the Leafs are either. I think they're in experimentation mode. And that's kind of where we're at in the season. Like, they're not going to put out like a Hyman Matthews Marner line right now because they've had a sample of seeing that already. Yeah. Okay. Fourth line quickly here. So we had Spets in the middle. Um, it's either Thornton or Spets in the middle right now. Like, I think Engvall will be in there maybe if there's an injury. But because we kind of know who the 12 forwards are when healthy right now, uh, it's either going to be Thornton or Spezza. It seems like they've promised Thornton a, a chance to start in the top six. So Spezza for now. Uh, Barabanov, Nick, played tonight. I know you like Barabanov. I'll let you get to him in a minute here. Uh, the other guy on that line was Wayne Simmons. Any initial thoughts on on that one? Yeah, Simmons, I didn't really notice him too much. Now, in saying that, I feel like we've been we've gone from, like when we're watching prospects, we're only really noticing or kind of focusing on one to four players at one time. And then today we go to watching like 10 players at one time because they're all in the Leafs. <laughs> so plus, plus you don't know what team they're on. Yeah. So it's just like, <laughs> you're kind of like, okay, who's this? The, the first five minutes of the game, I was like, okay, there's just way too much going on right now. But uh, so <laughs> I really didn't notice Simmons too much. Um, same thing with Spezza, really, uh, except for like a few moments. Bear Banov, I did notice, uh, maybe because I was looking out for him. Um, someone that I have watched quite a bit uh, in the KHL just because we've had so much time uh, the past nine months. But, uh, you know, I didn't really see too much that I didn't expect. I knew that he was going to be an energy guy. That's what he's kind of been in the KHL. Like the numbers haven't really been there in his KHL um, kind of stint in the last year. Uh, he's almost just over half a point per game. But I don't really, I kind of take that with a grain of salt just because KHL usage is so different and, and, they don't really play like, I guess, but guys like Barabanov, they don't play them very much. He's like kind of like a middle six forward uh, on his team. So I take that with a grain of salt. Um, I think he's going to be the f- a fourth liner for the Leafs. I think he's going to be a good fourth liner. Um, and he can make some plays in tight, and he's got some offensive creativity. So uh, I liked his game tonight, and I, th- I think he's going to, I think they're going to 
find it tough to scratch him throughout the year. But, I mean, he's a KHL free agent, so there's always a, a bit of mystery behind that. Yeah, I think Birabanov is pretty good, actually. He kind of stood out to me. He wins a lot of battles. He's good on the four check. I don't know how much he's going to score. Um, I don't know if he's going to have be like a lock for the fourth line, just because they have so many guys. Like Engvall's on the outside looking in right now. Assuming Kurvitz healthy, so is Robertson. So he's going to have you know his work cut out for him to hold his job. But uh, yeah, he's, he looked perfectly capable of a fourth line job. Simmons to me looked kind of what I expected him to. Like I don't think he's a very good five on five player. I didn't think he uh, looked very good in transition tonight. Like I think he kind of is an iffy passer, iffy skater. Uh, he's a guy that's going to go the net. I really liked him on the power play and just that short stint there. I think he's so good in front of the net. I think it's like five players since he's entered the league have scored on the power play more than him on a permanent basis. So, like, you know, you're, t- you're thinking all the big shooters. Stamkos, Ovechkin. Uh, I-, I think Lonnie's in there as well. He's really the best in the game at net front scoring, and I think that Marner-Simmons duo has a potential to be like the, the Marner-JVR duo. So... Simmons, for me, is that fourth-line guy that's going to replace Kyle Clifford. I don't want him doing much more at 5-on-5 at this point until he proves otherwise, but I do think he's going to be really good on the power play, and I think we kind of know what Spets is at this point. I don't know if he kind of need more offense. I wouldn't mind putting him on the wing on the third line. I think he could do that, especially with with Kerfoot. I I liked him together last year, Um, but that would mean putting Thornton to the fourth-line center. So I think it's, it's obviously early. Uh, now that I mentioned the power play, Nick, I want to get your thoughts on the power play. So the first unit, they were kind of moving around. I think Matthews is going to be on his one-timer side. I think Marner's on his one-timer side. I guess the interesting part is you have Tavares and Nylander on the second unit and Thornton in the middle. I found that a bit weird. How did that top unit look for to you? Um, well, the first thing I noticed was that Marner and Matthews were on their one-timer sides, like and then Riley was obviously at the top. Like the first power play, we saw a new power play and it ended up with a, a Riley wrist shot, which uh, I know people on my timeline weren't happy with that, even though it was a scrimmage. So we were in midseason form. But um, <laughs> I, I personally don't like Matthews on his one-timer side. Like I like him on his, like on his non-one-timer side, kind of getting the puck and then stepping into a wrist shot. Like I, I just think... Ri- Matthew's wrist shot is so powerful and it's so accurate. Like I'd rather see that twice than four one timers. Um, that might just be me. Um, and then when Marner is on his one timer side, I feel like he shoots a lot more than he passes. And so, so I'd like to see them switch. Um, other than that, though, like like you said, like Simmons is so good on the power play, and I feel like the Leafs have kind of missed that really elite net front score since JVR left. Um, like that was one of the best power plays the Leafs have had in, in years is when Marner and JVR were on that power play with Bozak and Kadri. Like like JVR was elite there and, and, and Simmons is an even better scorer in front of the net. So I like him being there in front of the net. Um, and then with Thornton, like Thornton in the hole is, I think it is weird, but like someone's got to go there. And uh, I guess that that's got to be him. Obviously, he's got the reach and he's got the vision to make plays in tight. So hopefully it works out. Um, I really like that power play too, though. Um, I like having Robertson's one-timer on one side. Like, I don't know if he's going to be in game one. He probably won't. But I love that that power play too with Lenton in at the top. Um, and Nylander also on his one-timer side. I'll say something quick about Lenton in. Like, tonight he was... We're going to talk about the D later, but now that we're talking about the power play... Like, he's done that a lot at the KHL, just quarterbacking power plays, sucking players in towards him, and then passing it to the the forwards who are on the half boards. Like, he does that so well. And I thought it was such a good example on the Nylander one-timer goal um, of him doing that. Now, I'm going to save uh, some of the stuff I'll say about letting in when we get through the to the defense, but, but that's what I thought about the power play. Yeah, I thought Thornton in the middle is kind of weird. I guess we'll give it a chance. I don't really know where he played in San Jose. Um, I think, as you said, I've wrote an article on this before, like at the end of last season. I prefer Marner on his non-one-timer side. And watching guys at the World Juniors like Tim Stutzla, Lucas Raymond, quarterback the power play from from their non-one-timer side, just really makes me miss Marner on that side. Uh, They were like the best power play in the league when Marner's on that side. It's not that, like, I think either can work. 
Um, but I do really like Simmons in front of the net. And to be fair to Nylander, he was really good in front of the net last year as a net front scorer on the power play. Uh, I think what we saw tonight, though, is if, if you have Nylander on your second unit, he can kind of carry that unit for you. So uh, the, the second unit, I'll get to them now, Nick. I thought, obviously, they had two goals. Uh, quite impressive. You had Hyman in front of the net. Uh, you had Tavares in the, in the middle. Uh, but then the two shooters, Nick. Nylander had a nice one-timer, and Robertson had a beautiful goal. About three seconds into the power play, it. did not take him long. Walked into one. Uh, I, I I tweeted this out, Nick. I don't know if you saw it. I cannot wait for a power play two, if not a power play one, of just those guys just firing shots. Yeah. I mean, tonight we saw like how... Yeah, like that that power play two looked amazing. Like we haven't had a good power play two in years. Um, it's almost just been like wasted power play time. So I'm definitely on board with that idea. Yeah. Okay. I think I think we'll have to wait to, to see what happens with Thornton. Like for me, it's just he's the guy that's a bit of a weird fit right now. He's 41 years old. I don't know how long he's going to stick on the top line. I don't know how long he's going to stick on the top power play in the middle. Uh, for me, it's just like there's only one real shooting threat on that power play, and that top one is, and it's Matthews. I think you'd almost want to like you know cover him at all costs and let you know Marner Thornton shot beat you. Um, obviously Simmons can score, but like just from a shooting perspective, I don't think you have much. Marner looked great tonight. I think that was my takeaway. Um, how about the defense, Nick? Uh, just looking at I I know uh, you probably want to talk about your Patan Charche. Uh, what was it, boy? <laughs> that line. But I want to move to defense here. Uh, I thought I didn't really get much out of TJ Brody tonight. Obviously, it's a scrimmage. I think we're kind of he's got a long track record. Uh, it's just nice, I guess, to not scream at the television when you see like a, a Riley CC or a Riley Polak pairing. I guess that's the only takeaway I had tonight. Wow, I was actually going to mention Polak. Um, it <laughs> is it is so weird seeing a Leafs defenseman with the number forty six. Um, who's Michael Lettinen, like be able to skate and make a pass and to see one on the power play. Cause as soon as Lettinen touches the puck tonight, I thought of Roman Polak. Like, did you, did you, did that go through your mind at all or no? You yeah, know? it did. I was just like kind of losing my mind trying to keep track of who was who. Like I had no idea who was on what team, right? Like it took until the third till I was like, okay, Michael Lettinen's on this team. Um, so I guess that was the, and plus, he's a left shot, so it just kind of looked weird. Yeah. I'm not used to it yet. We'll put it that way. Um, um, but, yeah, in terms of Riley and Brody, and even, even like, the top four defensemen tonight, I thought looked pretty bad. Um, and even from, like, an effort like an effort standpoint, like, like Muzzin and Hall, I thought, especially at the end of the game, like, just kind of seemed like they didn't really care about the game anymore. So I'm not really going to comment too much about their game tonight. But uh, obviously with Riley and Brody, like, it's nice to have like a legitimate top four partner for Riley. Like it's been years. I feel like we've been kind of talking about this for years where he needs one. And now we finally get to see it. Um, one play actually did jump out to me today was Riley was under pressure and he deferred the, the breakout to Brody. Brody made a really nice pass. And by the time Brody made the pass, Riley had already jumped up into the play and kind of joined the attack and it turned into a three on two. I, I wanted to clip it but uh, I wasn't actually watching the game on my computer tonight. But I just thought that like we never really see that. We never see Riley be able to actually defer to his partner because his partner wasn't very good puck movers over the years. So I, I thought that was interesting. Um, but yeah, it'll be cool to see that. When it comes to Muzzin Hall, I mean, that's kind of their bright spot in terms of their defense last year. That was their only pairing that really worked. They were pretty good against top competition last year, so I, I don't think they can break that up this year yeah I think where we're at with the defense is that Muzzin Hall was kind of the lone bright spot of last year they had pretty good results against top competition obviously Hall kind of came out of nowhere uh, and then the rest of the pairings kind of you know kind of sucked uh, I thought you know we'll get to Dermot in a minute here I thought Dermot was a pretty good third pairing guy last year I think Riley was okay he had a bit of a down year um, it is nice to have Riley with a with someone who has a chance to be pretty good. It's obviously very early in, in Brody's Leafs career, but um, I, I do think that's kind of the clear partner to start him with, just because if you can get that pairing rolling, you know, you could have a very solid top four. So I thought that was uh, encouraging. Obviously, I thought Hall and, and 
Muzzin were just solid, like kind of what they normally are. They're not amazing offensively, but they'll, they'll do well against top competition for you. That was encouraging. Um, I, I thought Riley was a bit weak defensively at times, uh, as he kind of normally is, but uh, he was moving the puck and kind of flying around out there, which is great to see. Uh, two kind of, th- I think there's, I would call the third pairing, the Letton and Bogosian pairing. And then obviously there was the Sandine Dermot pairing. I thought Sandine kind of stood out as a puck mover. Um, he had a couple really nice, uh, stretch passes. Lilligren had a nice stretch pass. Hollowell had a nice stretch pass. Uh, what were your thoughts on just the, the two, I guess, border, I guess one's the third pairing, one's the fourth pairing. Um, yeah. So I thought actually all four of those players were, were really good. Um, I thought Bogosian, like I've been kind of hard on him. I feel I, I said that he was going to be my disappointment of the year. Um, and I don't really want him in the lineup against Montreal. Uh, I'll get to that in a bit, but I thought tonight he looked good. Like I didn't think that he was trying things like things that he wasn't capable of doing. He didn't really make any like big mistakes. So from that standpoint, I thought he was good. Miko Lettinen, obviously with the two assists, uh, the first one with the the Nylander tip, like again, that's something that he does very well is throwing pucks towards the net that are very tippable. He does that a lot at the KHL. And then Sandin was probably my player of the game. I thought he was excellent today. Uh, like you were saying, very good in terms of moving the puck up the ice. I thought he was throwing his weight around, something he did with the Marlies quite a bit. So he was my player of the game. Dermot was a bit of a big bag. Um, I thought that he had the energy and he was skating quite well but just a few turnovers that have kind of you know turned people away over the years so um i guess he's going to be on the outside looking in this year but i'm not too concerned i know some people are kind of upset uh that he's not in the the starting lineup but he's going to get his games this year it's definitely not like he's not going to play this year like i think there's going to be a rotation in that third pairing uh so dermot will definitely play but um but yeah, he might not for game one. Something I don't agree with, but uh, you know, you can't get too upset with game with the game against Montreal. But we'll see what the lineup is after tonight. Yeah, I hope they do a rotation because I do want to see Dermot in the lineup. Uh, I'd like to see Sandine in the lineup too, but I don't know if that's going to happen at all. At least not till there's not at least un, unless there's injuries. Um, I I thought Bogosian was solid. I thought Lettinen was okay. I didn't really think he stood out as as much as some people do. Like the shootout goal was cool. Uh, he had a, a point shot that got tipped in by Nylander. That was cool. Uh, I didn't really notice him too much, which isn't necessarily a bad thing. It's just like I'm not ready to say he's better than Dermot, for example. Like, I don't know. Can't really gather much off a of scrimmage. Um, so he'll be interesting to see. I'm, I'm okay with starting, I guess, the Lenton and Bogosian pairing, uh, at least for a couple games. But I want to see Dermot in the lineup by, like, game three at the latest. Like, I, I do want to see see him... Uh, he was on the right side. I thought he looked okay on the right side. I didn't really notice it. Um, so we'll see. I mean, the, they have so many options there. It's nice to have the depth they do. Like, it doesn't look like a guy like Callie Rosen or, or Martin Marinson are, are going to get a chance this year. Um, you know, we'll see. But they they do look like they're eight deep. And, you know, Lilligren had a nice stretch pass today. So, you know, if there is injuries, if you do have some positive cases, I do think there's guys that could step up. So, Perfect, just what you want. The top fours looks like a top four. I'm, I'm really excited to, for that, I guess, going into the season. It's probably the, the number one thing. And then Nick Goalies, I, I don't think we can say too much. It was Jack Campbell's birthday, so I thought he played well on the birthday. Um, and and I was excited to see the Micaiah OT winner. Yeah, in terms of goalies, I thought they all played relatively well. Um, I saw a funny tweet where it was pretty much saying that as uh, – Campbell was making saves on guys that he was complimenting them. He was uh, at the end there. I liked the celebration with Makayev. I don't know if he caught it, but Campbell's just the the perfect backup. Like he's he's been solid so far, saving everything, and then also just like the most positive person ever. Like he just seems to be great in the room. So I think with yeah. guys like Thornton and Campbell, you're you're kind of set from a from a culture perspective. Yeah, I want to touch upon what you said about the defense in terms of Marinson and um, Rosen not getting many games this year. Because I think on the the outside, it looks like that's not really a big deal. But when you look at the Leafs last year, like Marinson played quite a bit. And at times, we saw Marinson Hall shutdown pair um, at times because of the injuries. So I think it is really nice. Yeah, playoffs. Yeah, that's true too point is like they had injuries last year and, and Marinson and Rosen had to play um 
So it's uh, it's nice to have like a seventh and eighth D that can are both like NHL ready and you know are Sandine and and um, Dermot. So you know I, I think they're ready for this year. Like obviously they have a lot more depth than than ever, uh, and it's going to be an interesting season because obviously injuries happen. Like obviously the pandemic is going on, so like they're not going to be in a bubble like they were in the playoffs. So obviously knock on wood, you hope that anything, you know, everyone stays healthy, but I think this is going to be an interesting year. So um, I wouldn't be surprised if players from the taxi squad like do get to play just because of injuries and whatnot. Yeah. I think we're both hoping that Marinson plays less. Like I hope we, we don't want to see him at the very least on a shutdown pairing uh, come playoff time. One thing I want to point out on that is bro. Like I like that Brody can play either side. So he can play in a shutdown pairing. He's going to start off with Riley on the right side, but if, say, Muzzin got hurt like he did in the playoffs last year, you could easily go Brody Hall, and I think that would be a fine shutdown pairing. So I just love the versatility he has. I think I've mentioned this before, but he is one player that I'm really excited to watch. Um, for me, I guess the main concern right now is the forward depth and the forward lines. I don't know if they have a dominant line right now. I don't know if there's really a line I love. We'll see what happens with the checking line. I do think that losing Janssen, losing Kapanen is going to hurt a bit. But Nick, I know you had some questions for me. It's almost like a little lightning round here. Um, I know you tweeted it out. I didn't really get a great look at it, but uh, I'm I'm fully prepared here to to answer some some quick questions. Okay, and I know that you've been on fire with your predictions, so now I'm putting you to the test, uh, putting you on on record here, so that at the end of the season we can look and see if you got them right. But Uh-oh. Um, yeah, I'm just gonna ask you kind of rapid fire here so here we go and this is obviously based on the Leafs obviously based on 2021 the season that's coming up so first one rank in the north division I'm going I gotta go first I think they're the best team on paper um you know I don't think it's a like a gimme or anything I do expect them to be top three or top two like who knows Carey Price has a Vesna year you know Jacob Markstrom has a Vesna year that could easily tilted or if the Leafs run into injuries but I do think the Leafs are the best team on paper so I'm giving them first okay what, what did you have I have first two I think it's they're the best team um on paper I, like you said um if they get pretty good goaltending like decent to good goaltending I think they're going to win this division but there's so many it's going to be a short season um obviously injuries happen puck luck happens in a shortened season so um I wouldn't put my money on it but I think if you had to put a rank then you'd have to put the Leafs first Next one would be season MVP. Okay, so Leafs specifically, right? Yeah, all these questions will be about the Leafs. Okay, so I'm going to go... Marner looked good tonight, but I have to go Matthews. Like, He just looks like he's going to be on another level this year. He's the best even strength scorer in the league. Uh, I think that if he plays with Thornton and Marner, obviously he's going to score a ton of goals. I think his defensive game keeps getting a little bit better and better. I do not want to put him in the Selkie conversation, but I do think that he is becoming a better play driver. Uh, I think it's got to be him. I think he's just their best player by quite a bit, though I am expecting another good year from Tavares, like closer to his first year, and I am expecting a bit of a step forward from Marner as well, but i got to go Matthews. Yep, I had Matthews too. I think Keith has shown that he's going to ride his, his big horses, and I think Matthews is going to get big uh, minutes this year. Almost feels like every year since his rookie year, like Matthews has kind of evolved as a player, and I don't think that this year is going to be any different. So I also had um, Matthews there. So next one would be biggest pleasant surprise of the year. Okay. After watching tonight, I feel like I might have a bit of a different answer as what you would have asked me before. I, I, I think I was going to say... VZ, but I didn't really notice him today. So I'm going to go... I almost want to go Jack Campbell. I just think he has... Like, if Anderson has a down year at all, he has a chance, I think, a legitimate chance to win the starter's net. I'm not expecting it. I do expect Anderson to be the starter. But if if Campbell can be, like, 9-10 plus, I think we have to put him as a slight surprise. And I would love to have a 1A, 1B situation like the Bruins have had for years. So I love Jack Campbell just as a person. I want to root for him. So I'm going to I'm gonna be a little bit biased here and, and put him in the pleasant surprise conversation. 
the title of this episode is officially going to be Kevin thinks that Campbell will be the starter by playoff time. <laughs> That'll drive what up is, some views for us. I would say there's a chance, though. I would say maybe it's like 15% or 20%. But if Anderson's under 9-10 again, like if he's a, kind of what he was last year, rather than what we're used to from him, and Campbell has a big year, I could see it flipping. Like this is kind of the first time I could at least see it. I don't think it's likely, but uh, I do want to have – the goal here is the 1A, 1B, where Anderson is himself from what he was pre-last year. He's up at that 9.17, 9.18. And then Campbell's like, if Campbell's like 9.13, I think he's in the pleasant surprise of the year. And I think the Leafs' defense is better, so I am expecting a bit a bit of improvement that way as well. I mean, it's a short season. you got to go with the hot hand. And like you said, if, if Campbell is playing well, if he's in that 9.13, 9.14, I would play him. But uh, my pleasant surprise of the year is Alexander Barabanov. I think before tonight, um, there just wasn't much talk about him. Uh, we knew that he was going to be on that fourth line just from the practice lines, but I felt like not many people were talking about him. And I, I think that just even if he doesn't produce offensively for, like in limited minutes on the fourth line, I think he can just provide a bunch of energy. Um, defensively, he'll be okay. I think he's going to be great on the four check. He's going to win his battles. So... Just from that standpoint, I think that people are really gonna start, really gonna like watching him, um, and I I feel like even tonight, like people noticed him. I, I saw on my timeline people saying that he liked they liked the way he played, and I think it's only gonna grow from there. I wouldn't say that you know he's gonna be a top six scorer. He's gonna be a, a big time scorer, but I could see Keith trying him with Matthews and Marner or Tavares and Nylander. I think that his skill set really fits, kind of that that um those those superstars that the Leafs have so um that'll be my guys but the next question will be kind of the opposite here uh in biggest disappointment of the year okay I feel like I gotta go this is a tough one because I don't want I don't want to say it but it's a few guys one is Joe Thornton um I just think he's going to... I don't think he's going to be on the first line all year. I don't know if that's raising his expectations right now because he is starting there. Um, he hasn't really scored much at 5-on-5 five five over the years. Oh, sorry, over the last, I guess, I guess last year specifically. Uh, obviously, going from, you know, Sorensen to Matthews is going to be a big difference. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of... If he's just going to be... If he's eventually going to be Goche's replacement, then, you know, that's fine. He's a league minimum guy. So, I guess I won't I won't put him here, but I'm thinking it. I'm going to go Miko Lettinen. Wow. I'm sorry, Nick. I know you like him. Crazy. I just I just think the hype on him is a bit high right now. And, like, I look at the guys that have come over, like Zaitsev, Rosen, Borgman. I do know, I do know Lettinen has a bit more hype than the, than the latter two. But, you know, he's going to be pushed. I think, like, a guy like Dermot, if he's starting on the outside looking in, like, Letnin might be a bad game or two away from, you know, Dermot playing above him or, or losing some ice time at least. So I'll put him there. You know, I, I guess the thing with him is, like, if he has a great year, at least probably can't afford him. And if the, if he has a bad year, he's probably not back. So it might be a one and done with him. Uh, I'll put him here just because I think the hype train's getting pretty high. Um, maybe Thornton, but I don't want to say Thornton because I'm just – you know, I love having him there. You'd be a bad guy. Yeah. Yeah, you'd be a bad guy if you say Thornton. So I'll take Lettinen. But um, yeah, so when it comes to Lettinen, I think that the hype train was pretty big when they first signed up. It almost felt like every other NHL team other than the Leafs was were like going hardcore to sign Lettinen. And then when the Leafs signed him, it was like, oh, everyone was kind of surprised. Um, one thing that I like about this Lettinen signing is... His expectations don't need to be very high. Like when Zaitsev came, he was right away in that top four. Um, and it just wasn't really putting him into a, um, a scenario where he can succeed. Um, now, obviously, you know, I, I don't think he's that great of a player. I think Lettinen's better in general anyways. But the fact that Lettinen doesn't need to be a top four defenseman, I think kind of brings down his expectations and... and I think he's going to be pretty good on that third pairing. Now, again, I do think that there's going to be a rotation there, but um, you know, just because of that, I, I wouldn't have him as my disappointment. So I'm going to go the opposite route, and my biggest disappointment of the year is going to be Zach Bogosian. Um, I feel like the hype on him is a little bit higher than 
what we what I would expect from that type of a player. And every single year, the Leafs have one player on defense that they kind of harp on and they don't really like watching. Last year, it was Cody Ceci. And then the years before that, it was obviously Hainsey, Polak, Hunwick, like, take your pick. Um, like, Ceci last year, for example, was pretty decent defensively and Leafs fans were all over him. Now, with Bogosian, like, I know he won the Cup um, just now with Tampa. I know he was pretty decent with Tampa, but I think that we have a pretty big sample of Bogosian as an NHL player. Um, and he has never been like a, a you know a very good play driver. He's had years where he's been pretty bad defensively, uh, especially in 2018, 2019. And last year he was about league average and not very good offensively. So that's going to be my biggest disappointment. I don't know what the expectations are for him like I've even seen people have him in their top four like I don't think he should be in the the top six every single night I think he should be in the rotation but we'll see what what happens but uh, that'll be my biggest disappointment for the year any any comments on Bogosian before we move on um I just think the expectations are low we'll see what happens I think people get annoyed if Dermot's out of the lineup and he's playing over him because you know I think Dermot's a pretty good third pairing guy but I think like the Leafs know what they're getting with him. They've tried to sign him, obviously, right near the Zamboni driver game, the David Ayers game. Um, I know he does more than Zamboni driver, too. I'll put that out there. Um, but I, he is... I, I think that was the reason they didn't sign Bogosian, apparently. And obviously, they went after him uh, this offseason. So they obviously like him. I, I think he'll, he'll play. Um, I, I do think he's going to be that penalty kill guy. I don't know if they go to seven defensemen, but... Um, yeah, not a bad, uh, you know, I can see people getting on him pretty quick. We'll see, uh, I guess we'll see what happens there. I don't mind him on the penalty kill. That's why I know a few podcasts ago. I No, I can do that. Can yeah, do that. for sure. I, um, that's why a few podcasts ago I said that I really hope they treat that bottom pair as like they play, they play that pairing depending on who they're playing. So a team like Montreal, I don't really want Bogosian playing. But a team like, let's say, Boston, a team that's very good on the power play, I would play Bogosian. Uh, but I'll go to the next question. No more about Debo- <laughs> no more talk about uh, Bogosian just yet. But the next one will be best non-Leafs team in the North Division. I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go Calgary here. I just think they got better. Well, I don't know. The only thing I worry about with them is a is Giordano take a step back, and b. How much of a difference is it between Brody and Tanev? Uh, Brody had really good metrics last year. Tanev did not. So I, I do wonder, like, I know they got Markstrom. I think it'll help. Um, but I just don't know. I just think they're consistent. Like, they're a playoff team. You kind of expect them to be there. Um, I think the Canucks got worse. Um, so I don't really know what to think of them. I don't really know what to think of Demko yet. Uh, I think... The Oilers are kind of weak defensively. Like, they lost Clefbaum. Um, you know, signings like Barry and, and Turris, I, I think that'll kind of hurt them defensively. Um, you know, Mike Smith's in net, who plays like half the games, even though he's like a 902 save percentage type of guy. Uh, Miko Koskinen is not that proven. I know he had a pretty good year last year, but not that proven. Their power play was like ridiculous last year. I don't think that's sustainable, though it might be good. So I don't think it's Edmonton. Um, I don't. Obviously, I think Ottawa is kind of the bottom team. I don't really have to explain that. Uh, Winnipeg, like Edmonton, they have some defensive concerns. Uh, Hellebuck was amazing last year, and they still weren't that good. Then I guess the other team I'd probably put in the conversation would be Montreal, but I think they had like one more regulation overtime win than Ottawa last year. I do think they're better. I think Toffoli is a nice addition. Uh, obviously, Jake Allen should be a nice addition, and you know who knows what Carey Price is. Um, but like people keep talking about the Josh Anderson trade, but they gave up Max Domi. He's also a pretty good player. So I'm going to put Montreal maybe three. Uh, I think I'll give Calgary the edge there as, as the number two. I have been debating between Calgary and Montreal um, since I found out about this North Division as the best team other than the Leafs. For today, I will go with Montreal. Um, I think Calgary is good. Uh, I really like their defense, especially if Tanev can stay healthy. Uh, I think that they could be be very good. Their forward group, obviously, they have that young talent in uh, Matthew Kachuk, Monaghan, Goudreau. But I just think they have just a bunch of really good energy guys as well. Like I know that we both love Andrew Mangiapane. 
Um, so I just like their I just like their group in general. Uh, but when it comes to Montreal, I thought last year they just outshot no chance teams, uh, pretty much on a nightly basis last year. Um, and you know we know that Carey Price at his best is almost like a season changer. Like even if the team is not very good, Price is so good that they can he, he can get them into the playoffs almost single handedly. But I think they're just a well coached team. Um, obviously they struggled to score last year, um, but they're just really deep this year that I, I don't think they're going to have as much trouble scoring this year. So I'll put them as number two, but they're, they're just so neck and neck with Calgary right now. Yeah, I think those are close. Um, now that I think of it, I don't think the Leafs are the best team in the North Division, but I do think they're the best team in the Scotia NHL North Division. Wow. So we got to uh, we got to have the sponsors in there. I know. Hopefully we get some it's money so for weird. that. <laughs> for that uh, that mention there um okay so weird we're gonna go to the next question here and well so the next one is who plays more alongside jake muzzin so justin hall or travis dermott and i'm gonna add in zach bogosian and miko letton in there just to just for fun okay i'm going hall he's starting there um by the time i think that's an easy one i don't have to like they were good last year. You keep them together. I think the mm-hmm. second guy there might even be TJ Brody if it doesn't work out because Brody can handle tough minutes. So um, I'm definitely going Hall. I assume you went Hall there too. Yeah, definitely. Uh, in the poll, it was actually 62.5% uh, went Justin Hall and 37.5% went Dermot. I think it should have been even a bigger gap between those two. Um, feels like Dermot will just have to, to fight to get on the third pairing, let alone in the top four. But next question is, who scores more goals this season? And it's between three players, Wayne Simmons, Jimmy Vesey, and Nick Robertson. Ooh, this one's a good one. What did you put? I felt it's going to be Simmons. That's what I voted. But only 10% voted Simmons. See, I do think it could be Simmons, because if he's on power play one, you know what, I'll go with him. Uh, if he's on that top power play unit all year, he's going to get a ton of goals. Marner's going to feed him. Um, he'll get it, like the odd goal on the fourth line. Who knows? Maybe he's in the top nine some games. I don't know. Um, VZ is going to probably be in that 16-17 range. If he's playing with Tavares Nylander, I almost want to say VZ, but then I don't know how long he's going to be on that second line for. And I just think there's so many guys that could push him, and, and maybe they go you know, VZ Kerfoot before long just because they play together in the past um you know what i'm changing my answer to vz i just think Kerfoot's a playmaker if he's playing with tavares nylander he's he'll he'll get some goals uh, i want to say robertson i think the answer is robertson if he plays i just don't know if he'll right. play enough that's kind of my prediction that's that's definitely the same thinking that i have in terms of robertson um i went simmons just because i think him staying on that power play one or or even power play two. It looks like they're almost going to split the time this year, but I think he's going to have a prominent role on the power play all year. Like, I don't really see that changing much. Like, he's going to be a net front presence. They don't really have Benny, and and Simmons is obviously very good at that. But I do see, like, VZ in the top six changing. And I, I could see Simmons get a crack in that top six at some point. I, I just think that those wingers, other than obviously the big four um, in the top six, uh, it's just so fluid right now. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if Robertson was in the top six by this time next week, or even Simmons. Uh, I think it's so fluid, so that's why I went with Simmons. But for the next one, uh, actually, we kind of touched upon it a little bit earlier, but Frederick Anderson's save percentage this year, over under 9.15. I'm going, I gotta go under, just because it's such a high number. Um, I could see it being right around there. I think you just kind of nailed it on the over under there at 9.15. I think like 9.15, 9.14 is what I'd expect. Um, I'm hoping he's 9.17, 9.18, but that's kind of best case scenario, I guess. Um, that is kind of what we're used to with him. Um, I'll go like barely under, like 9.14, maybe 9.15. So, yeah, I, I'll have to say under just because I just feel like it's more likely to be under than over, but that's such a good number you put it at. Yeah, it's interesting because I'm just looking at Anderson's career stats now. So 2014-2015, that's where we're starting here. He was at 914, season after 919, then 918, then 918, then 917. Then last year, he had that crash at 909. 
So obviously you hope that last year was the outlier. Um, I put it at 915 because like he's had so many seasons above it, obviously. But uh, to me, like if he gets a 916, 917, I think the Leafs win this division pretty easily. Um, if it's under that, then I think it's a little closer unless Campbell comes in. Yeah, maybe we'll see. I'm obviously like if Montreal gets you know a nine thirty out of Price, or, or if Calgary gets a nine thirty out of Markstrom or something, that can change in a hurry. But the Leafs are definitely the favorites if, if Anderson has a good year. Okay, so I have one trivia question that I'm actually just adding in here. Wow, uh, I haven't I haven't tweeted this out, but uh, I guess I've saved this one up for you. So Wayne Simmons spent one year with the Sioux Greyhounds in two thousand seven two thousand eight. Which current Leaf was on that team? So, which Leaf was on the Sioux Greyhounds in 07, 08? Yeah. And there's a bunch of Sioux Greyhounds on the Leafs. It's got to be Jack Campbell, right? It is not Jack Campbell. And it's what? not. It's, okay, wait, hold on. Don't tell me. I'll tell you it's not Mac Hollowell. That's my only hint. Jake Muzzin? It was Jake Muzzin, yes. Oh, wow. There are so many Sioux Greyhounds on this Leafs team right now. Like, since they got Simmons, they've gotten Muzzin now. Thornton was on the Sioux Greyhounds. Yeah. So just Sandine. a bunch. Sandine, Hollowell. Uh, yeah. Austin Matthews. Jack Campbell. Austin Matthews, yeah. <laughs> right, right, he wanted to be. Right after his stint in uh, Switzerland, he just spent a week in the Sioux. <laughs> yeah, he wanted to be. He, he got lost. He ended up in Switzerland instead, but he was trying for, for the Sioux. <laughs> yeah, and then they went to Switzerland. But um, I know you wanted to talk about the World Juniors. Um, I thought it was a great tournament. Um, obviously, Canada didn't pull it out in the end. The finals was uh, almost felt like like the states outclassed them in that that last uh, game. Um, what did you think about the, that finals, Kevin? I know you wanted to talk about the World Juniors. Yeah, I thought it was uh, like Canada was so good that tournament. I think they were the best team in that tournament. I think they win a series against the states if it's a seven game series. Uh, but, you know, give USA credit. They had a good goalie. They had good scorers. They played a real sound defensive game in, in that final game. So, you know, a bit of a tough year for Canada. It felt like they deserved better. It felt like they were certainly the best team in that tournament, just the way they were taking care of business up until the final. Um, but obviously it was, a, it was a fun tournament to watch. I know we got to see six least prospects. You know, one was a goalie, but still five actual players. And they had great tournaments. So I thought that part of it was great. Um, obviously, getting to see like Topi Nimala with with the defenseman of the named defenseman of the tournament. Uh, it's a second straight year for a Leaf. Um, so obviously that was just outstanding. Hervidan had a solid tournament. I thought Amirov was pretty much as expected. Um, what did you? What were your overall thoughts on? I guess the Leafs prospects specifically. Yeah, I thought Amirov really came alive after that Czech Republic game. Um, I know that we had a podcast just after that game, actually, and we were kind of asking for for Amirov to be better. And I thought from that game, like he was probably Russia's best forward, him and Pud Colson. Um, other than that, though, I thought Nimala. Obviously, I didn't expect the the point production from him, uh, but it was obviously very nice to see. But one thing I'll note about him is just from the games I've watched of him in Finland, and obviously in the World Juniors. Like, if I was a Finland fan, like. I would never have been I would never have been scared when Nimla was on the ice. It just feels like he's he's always making the right decision when he pinches up the ice to join the attack. It's never putting like Finland at harm or his team in in Finland when he's playing uh, in Liga. Like just such a smart player and and I just I, I can't wait till for him to kind of move up the ranks in the organization and I'd love to see him and Sandine play together one day. It just feels like there's just so much hockey IQ between the two of them. Um yeah, I'll let you touch upon Nimala. Yeah, for him, I obviously I got him in our prospect draft. I'm just gonna put that out there, Nick. Just Still better. Break a little bit. Still better. Rub it in. Um, he's a player who played the whole year in a Finnish, in in Liga, so Finland's pro league. Um, that's a bit unheard of for a draft eligible player. Uh, he really looked good at the Five Nations tournament as a puck mover. Now, before that, he was more a defensive defenseman. And I thought he really carried that over to the World Juniors. He looked like a good puck mover. This is a guy that the Leafs praised on draft day for his defensive instincts. Um, as More of a defensive defenseman. And he's really taking strides as a puck mover. He was on the power play. 
Uh, obviously, he had some of the points were lucky, but his point production was quite impressive. So obviously, just a great. He shouldn't have been a third round pick. I would have had him. I thought he was going to be an early second round pick, like a guy that had a chance to go late first. Maybe he goes mid second, but you kind of ex- like fully expect him to go in the second. So obviously, a bit of a steal. You know, he's the player the Leafs got from trading down. So instead of 44, they traded down, got Hervin in with the extra pick, got Nimala. And now, like, A, he could be a really good right-shooting defenseman for the Leafs in the future. And B, you could have something like the Sean Dursey situation where Los Angeles wanted him over Lilligren. At least that was the rumor. And he was just a major piece that helps you get an impact player like Jake Muzzin. So I think if, if the Leafs want to add a significant piece at the deadline or at next offseason, Every GM is going to be asking about Topi Nimala. So, you know, either way, it's just a great, uh, just great for the great news for the Leafs to either have. And I'll, I'll go through the list here, Nick, because uh, it, it is kind of funny just to, to how impressive this is. So since 2008, I got this off Reddit, um, off, off Leafs Reddit, I should say. So since 2008, here are the defensemen of the tournament. Drew Doughty, Eric Carlson, Alex Petrangelo, Ryan Ellis, Brennan Gormley, we, we won't talk about that one, Jacob Truba, Rasmus Ristolainen, again, maybe we won't read too much into that one, uh, Gavrikov, Rensky, Shabbat, Dahlin, Romanov, the Habs prospect, and then Sandin and, and Topi Nimala. So back-to-back, when you look at that list, have back-to-back Leafs is just you know remarkable. Obviously, he was kind of the talk of the tournament for, for Leafs fans. I thought Amirov was really good when he was with that loaded top line. So he was really good against Sweden when Sweden hadn't lost in the preliminary round for, I think it was since 2006. It was like a 50-something game winning streak. It was ridiculous. Uh, he, was, he got player of the game there, so he was a huge part of, of that game. When he was with Kuzindinov and Pod Colson, I thought he, he really played well. Uh, Russia just wasn't really clicking at all times. Uh, offensively, I didn't really know what they were doing from a coaching perspective at times. Um, Hervinen was was really good. Obviously, he scored some huge goals. Um, his foot speed's a bit iffy, and he's not the biggest guy, so we'll see what happens. But he is a guy that's really hard nose, goes to the net, um, has some pretty good hands, pretty good passer. So, uh, you know, he's he's an interesting player. Um, definitely had a pretty good tournament. Uh, Abramov I really liked. I know he didn't have maybe the stat line you're looking for. I know he got suspended, but uh, he can carry the puck against anyone. He's really talented. He set up a lot of high danger chances. I thought, you know, he looked he looked Russia make a bit look a bit dumb for not putting him back in the, uh, you the know, he didn't start in the lineup. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, he, he clearly looked like someone that belonged and one of their better offensive players. So I just think it was a great tournament for Leafs fans. Uh, I'll go through the guys that I that really impressed me at this tournament just quick. I'll fly through them. So, uh, obviously, Trevor Zagres, who won tournament MVP. Uh, Dylan Cousins was quite close, just a well-rounded guy that's going to be a, a top six forward for Buffalo. Uh, Tim Stutzler, I think everyone, he impressed just about everyone. Devin Levi, Canada's goalie, was just so good on re- rebound control. Uh, Anton Lundell was a great play driver for Finland. Um, he just looked great with Hervin in. I think, you know, Going Barkov Lundell down the middle for Florida is going to be great. I thought Byram, uh, Matt Boldy was a great power forward. Uh, Hanola on on Finland, Paterka with Stutzlow was was great. Um, I won't go through everyone because I guess I have a bit of a long list here. Brad Lambert looks like a really good player. I obviously love Beniers, but uh, just a fun tournament every year. Um, I I do kind of wish Canada won it because they were the best team, but uh, that gold medal game was competitive, and I have to give the the state's credit. It was it was almost like a really nice warm up for the NHL season, which we're about to get ready for um, here, especially with that scrimmage today. But I know that we will be trying to have some post game podcasts. Um, I think we're gonna have one on Wednesday, hopefully uh, after the the Habs and the Leafs play. So let's do one more prediction here, Kevin, because you know once we get those podcasts going, we're gonna get the three stars and whatnot. But what is your prediction for the game on Wednesday against Montreal? I'm going with a win. I think you have to. Um, I'm going to go somewhat low scoring. I'm going to go 3-2 for Toronto. I do think it's going to be close. I think both teams are going to be better defensively than last year. Um, I'll go 3-2. You have to have an Allison Matthews goal in there, especially the way Marner looked playing together. Um, I'll go 3-2. What are you going? 
I'm going to go for two similar game script to you. But Why not me? Yes, I'm gonna add in a Zach Hyman empty netter. It's uh, it's wow. death death taxes and a and an empty netter for Zach Hyman. So maybe that's a little bit of a freebie, but four two for the Leafs. So it's gonna be a happy podcast well, on Wednesday, hopefully. Well, Zach Hyman, we'll leave it up to you to decide the winner here. Uh, I I feel good about it. I just hopefully we don't have a cap it and throwing the stick incident like last year oh wow it's a throwback nick i cannot wait for this season to start and we'll see everybody wednesday night